where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Second Peter 1, 3-4 tells us that God has given us everything we need to live godly lives in this present world. 2 Peter 1.6 informs us that we are to pursue godliness with all diligence. As we pursue godliness, it becomes evident that we are going to display certain godly characteristics. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing what the godly characteristic temperance has to do with living a godly life. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries as we take a close look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. We're going to pretty much just talk today about chapter uh, 1 and verse 6, but let's read the entire passage in its entirety. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And here's where we pick up. According as his divine power hath given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity." For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our kind and most gracious to Heavenly Father, Lord, remove me from this message. Open up our hearts and our minds that we would hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. Lord, walk with us and talk with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see in verse 3, that God has given us everything that we need in order to walk in this world living a godly life. See, it tells us that we're to give diligence to godliness. It's not that it just suggests that we should be godly, but if we're going to be a Christian, we are going to be Christ-like. 
And it says that this isn't a feat you have to try to do on your own. This isn't some superpower you pray for. This is what happens when you place your faith in Jesus Christ and allow him to be the king of your life and the Lord of your heart. He gives you everything that you need in order to be godly. In verse 6 of this chapter 3, in chapter 1 of Second Peter, what we see is that we are to add to this knowledge, which we have talked about earlier, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. So everything's predicated upon our faith in Jesus. And as we get our faith settled and focused in Jesus Christ, then we are to add temperance. As Christ begins to do a work in me, you're going to see a change in my self-control and my self-restraint. See, temperaments can best be understood by us as thinking about self-control and self-restraint. And we are the clay, and he is the potter. And as we increase our faith, as we begin to learn more about who God is, which will make us want to trust him more. And when we trust him more, it'll be easier for us to obey him in all things. As we begin to let him conform us to his will and his way and transform us from the ungodliness of the sinful life we had before we become Christians, when we surrender our will to him, we will begin to see a huge change in how we display our self-control and how we practice self-restraint. In our pursuit of godliness, we see that we specifically need to be diligent in these endeavors. We have to be diligently, purposely, intentionally trying to live a godly life. And the Bible says in that verse 3 and 4, that he's given us exceeding promises to help us achieve that. And he has given us all by his divine power we need to do so. So as we pursue godliness, we're going to be holy. And these godly traits are going to be built upon our foundation of faith. And people are going to begin to see that we are a new creature in Christ. Like we're told in Corinthians 5.17. See, we have to understand that as Christians, we just can't live like the devil. We can't serve ourselves. We have to put God first. We have to understand that he said, be holy for I'm holy. As we begin to look at what it means to be self-controlled, to practice self-restraint, let's look at what Titus 2.12 says. See, Titus 2.12 says this, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. See, we are to deny self. We are to deny ungodliness. We are to deny our sinful worldly lusts. 
We are not to seek the things of this world, but we are pilgrims looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. We are to set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. We are to have a desire to know him and to abide in him. And his commandments are not grievous to us, but we love walking in the ways of the Lord. We love being close to him. We love reading his word. We love hearing him speak to us. We love praising him and worshiping him. We are grateful for the blessings that he has given us. We are new creatures. And the things of this world, they don't hold any desire for us. They now no more have any condemnation upon us for the things we did in the past because old things are passed away and all things are become new. We are to live holy and godly in this world. We've got to practice self-control and self-restraint. We've got to ask the Lord to empower us. We've got to ask the Lord to deliver us from any ideas and thoughts that may be captivating our mind to want to do things that are contrary to him. We've got to say, Lord, here I am. Fill me with your goodness. Help me, Lord, to be able to hand you all of who I am. Fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet with a desire to know you, to love you, to walk with you, to serve you. Let you be my all in law. Teach me, Lord, how to see you for who you are, how to feel you for what you give to me, Lord, how to know that your presence is ever abiding with me. Help me to understand that you are all I'll ever need, that you are sufficient, that your joy is complete, that you love me beyond measure, that there is nothing that will separate me from you. Help me to get a glimpse of the amazing relationship that you desire to have for me. Hold me in the cleft of your arms. Give me, Lord, a glimpse of who you are and who I can be in you. And then the whole idea of self-constraint and self-control really becomes easy to defeat. For I am nothing without Jesus. His ways are higher than my ways. What he wants for me is bigger than my imagination. But with my inability to control my impulses, I put something between me and him. He can't bless an unclean vessel. With my stubbornness and my unwillingness to surrender my soul and my will and my freedom of choice to him. Then I put me in a place where he can't use me to my fullest, and I don't have what it takes to receive the blessings because my vessel is unclean. I don't know where you are right now. Now, maybe 15 minutes ago, you were hanging out in the world. But he says, if you confess your sins, he'll forgive you. He says, if you come to him, he'll receive you unto himself. See, sometimes we go to the doctor and we hope to see the doctor, but we see the PA and that's great. But clearly, we came to see the doctor. 
And for many reasons, that doctor may pass you on to somebody else. But he says, if you come unto me, I'll receive you unto myself. He doesn't pass you on. He doesn't sit and look and say, oh, you're third string, so you're a bencher. I'm not going to spend any time with you today. He doesn't look at you and say, you know, I told you a couple times not to do that. You keep doing it, so I'm going to pass you over here to angel number 321. He doesn't do that. He says he'll receive you unto himself. Because from the greatest to the least, you're all precious in his sight. And he's no respecter of persons. And he can look beyond your faults and supply your every need. He'll wash your sins away white as snow. You see, you just can't do everything you want to do. You can't behave any way you want to to behave. You can't live however you want to choose. You must at all times remember that you've been commissioned by Jesus to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. you got to give your dreams to Jesus and then see what he really has for you. Because eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard what lies in store for them that love the Lord. You see, our job as children of God is to let others see him through us. That's your whole purpose. That's your entire job. You're to live sensible, upstanding, and godly lives, striving for spiritual maturity. See, we're not waiting to get to heaven to get the new body to be holy. We need to choose to live holy lives now. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the enabling of Jesus himself, by the word of our testimony and the word of God, we have the ability to live godly lives. Because 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 told us that. So it's time that you embrace God's command found in Leviticus 27. He says, sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Do you believe him? He said he'd make you holy. He'd give you godly. You can't lead people to Jesus when the only place you're going is to the devil's homes and the devil's recreation places. You can't lead somebody in a place you're not going to. If I follow you, I'm going to end up where you are. Your job is to let others see him in you. So I guess it comes down to this. How you live? Well, it matters. It matters not only to you. It matters to those around you. And it matters to God. Your actions, choices, and beliefs, they have eternal consequences, both for you and for those that God has placed in your life. And right now, today, it's time you own your actions. See, Matthew 6.24 says it best. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one 
and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The choice is yours. Pursuing holiness to live a life of godliness is obtainable through and by the blood of Jesus. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Women at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Happy girl.